Today's episode is brought to you by Bit.com. You'll be hearing more about them later on in today's interview, which begins right now. I have the pleasure of being joined once again by Ronnie Stefala of Incrementum AG. He is joined by his partner, Mark Valak. Gentlemen, welcome to Forward Guide. Hey, Jake. Thanks for the invitation. Hey, Jake. Good to seeing you. So you gentlemen are both very into hard assets. So that's gold as well as Bitcoin. Just uh, give us give our audience a sense of what you do at Incrementum AG about the gold report and sort of why you got into gold and Bitcoin. Uh, Ronnie, how about we start with you and then we'll go to Mark. Sure. So so I started writing about uh, gold actually in 2007 when I was still a, a young analyst sitting in a bank with lots of hair and I was super um, naive when it comes, uh, let's say, to to the financial markets. I had no clue about the Austrian school of economics, which is not taught at all over here uh, in Austria. And uh, yeah, I started writing about gold because uh, one gold investment that I had privately did very, very well. And then I felt into this uh, big rabbit hole. And Mark, uh, whom I know from university, uh, he was a fund manager back then and he started as a hedge fund uh, analyst. Um, and and we were we were still in touch. And then at some point, I said, "Well, did you ever hear about this Ludwig von Mises guy?" And he said, "No, not really. Austrian School of Economics. That's it. That sounds interesting." So, so yeah, we kind of discovered um, the Austrian School by 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 accident uh, due to the uh, Great Financial Crisis, two thousand and eight. And then at some point, you know, if, if you're going into this rabbit hole at some point, you know, you feel like the vegetarian in the big butchery, um, being a hard assets guy, um, you know, being kind of in favor of a gold standard and sound money while still sitting in a bank. So so we've been in discussions for, for a while to set up our own shop. And then in 2012, we both quitted our jobs. Um, and yeah, together with uh, some gentlemen from Switzerland, we founded Incrementum AG. And what we do at Incrementum, it's three different things. First of all, uh, wealth management for high net worth individuals. Then we manage investment funds. So we've got six investment funds. Most of them, I would say, in the commodities and precious metal space. But we also have two funds that actually combine gold and Bitcoin and crypto assets in general. And then the third, third pillar of uh, our business is the In Gold We Trust report that is now really the most widely followed pu- publication on gold. We um, just published a new edition end of May and it's published in German, in English, in Mandarin and also starting this year also in Spanish. So that's long story short. Right. May I just ask, add a few, few, few parts from, from my angle. Uh, as Ronnie mentioned, I was fund manager and uh, was uh, interviewing all these hedge fund guys uh, at the time where we were discovering the Austrian school. And I always asked the question, uh, like especially to macro funds, uh, what about the Austrian school? Do you know about it? And so on. And mostly they said, yeah, of course we know about it. 
Um, and if you were lucky, they, they brought up the name Schumpeter, uh, who is Austrian, but not actually belongs to the Austrian school in a narrow sense. But, but you barely ever heard names like Hayek or Mises. So it was, it was really not known back then, even among the investment professionals, which, which I found very weird. Especially when it came to the point that after 2008, uh, it became more and more clear to us, at least, that this current uh, monetary system is not sustainable. And you have an edge, actually, also as an investor. That's at least what I, what we think. If you know about the Austrian school, and if you know uh, what is fiat money, and, and 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 what what other options could there be, and and what are the effects of fiat money. And that was basically also a main driver for us to to found uh, Incrementum because we were actually um, anticipating that more and more investors will actually think about the non-sustainability of the monetary system and will demand and ask for investment strategies which take these thoughts into account. And I think nine years later, uh, since we founded, uh, it has become even more clear that this is not sustainable. And, and people, more and more people are asking these questions, which we thought they would be asking in the future. And still, I think this thesis is very correct. I think this uh, uh, investors, people in general, will, will, will more and more question the current monetary system when, when it comes to investments, will, will, will think about solutions that that take this into consideration. And that is actually what we're trying to offer at Incrementum. Thank you. I'm going to just read from your most recent edition of the In Gold We Trust report, which, by the way, I really recommend everyone check out. Uh, we can put a link in the description. There's a compact version, which is a mere 26 pages. And then the full version is nearly 400 pages. And it features all of these quotes from everyone from, from John Locke to Taylor Swift. Fantastic chart. So Really recommend people check that out. But in that report, you wrote, market participants have been conditioned like Pavlovian dogs to the Fed put. The true costs of this monetary largesse remain hidden for a long time. What did you mean by this? Well, well, actually, I think we 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 now really experience uh, what it means for financial markets um, if um, you know the Federal Reserve um, takes away the punch bowl. I I, I tweeted out uh, a chart today that that basically shows uh, how much uh, just in bond and in equity markets. We're not talking about uh, private equity, uh, real estate, uh, crypto, uh, the art market, whatever. Um, since the beginning of the year, we've seen a wealth destruction, obviously only paper wealth of 35 trillion. So that's basically the combined GDP of the United States and China. That's a pretty big number. And and I think that many market participants, you know, they, they, they were so conditioned as we write as, as Pavlovian dogs that at some point the Federal Reserve will step in, but they forgot that um, the Fed put uh, only came into consideration previously when inflation was not a topic. So in 2020, 2008, 2009, uh, actually, uh, Central bankers were pretty nervous about deflation and disinflation, but not about price inflation. So this is actually the big difference. 
However, I think at some point, uh, and, and I mentioned this number, which is really staggering, 35 trillion US dollars, uh, at some point, uh, the market participants will put so much pressure on the Federal Reserve and central banks in general that they will have to reverse. And we don't think we are there yet, but I think we are, we are currently in the process. And I think that that, uh, that the gold market and, and, and risk assets in general, they are already kind of anticipating this U-turn by central banks, which is, you know, uh, in the United States, at least some rate hikes have happened, while in the Eurozone, uh, so far, nothing has happened. So um, it's, it's, it's kind of ironic that uh, they will have to, to make a U-turn before they even got started. Uh, and this is exactly the scenario that we described in our book, in our second book. The first was called uh, Austrian School for Investors. The second was called The Zero Rate Trap, which was published in 2019, where we basically laid out the case and said, well, you know, the higher the debt uh, uh, levels are, the higher the sensitivity to rising interest rates. And as we're seeing an all-time high, obviously in global debt, the sensitivity to rising rates is higher than ever. And I think we are now already, probably we are already in a recession in the United States. We are already in a recession in the European Union. Um, and therefore, I think we will have to expect at some point very, very aggressive measures by central banks. And, uh, you know, I think it's 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 not a coincidence uh, that our reports are called In Gold We Trust. And we wrote one report about the very, very important topic of trust and how it affects our, you know, our our lives as, you know, family fathers, as businessmen, as members of society. Trust is really crucial. And I think that trust in central banks has deteriorated significantly. And I think the credibility that for some reason central banks still have, I think within the course of this upcoming U-turn, it will suffer tremendously. I, I got tons of questions. You, you rightly point out that for the past 40 years, the trend has been that in each cycle, the, the Federal Reserve cuts and pivots at a lower level of interest. And the last level was uh, uh, what you know, 2.75% or somewhere around there in the Powell pit of, pivot of December 2018. So do you think that the Federal Reserve will fail to get to even that level of 2.75, given that they you know, indicated they want to go higher and the, the terminal rate is, is somewhere like 3.75%? And might I also add, what do you think would be an appropriate rate of interest to contain inflation? You know, I, I don't think you think it's 1.75%. Clearly, it's not zero. Uh, is it 4% sufficient or does the Fed, would the Federal Reserve have to go to 6%? Um, I, I think that, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we already saw quite a move and, and, and we're seeing that the, that the expectations for next year actually got lowered significantly. So I think the market and even, uh, you know, especially Jay Powell, I think he, he realizes that, that the recession clouds are getting darker and darker. Um, now, now I think you know it's it's uh, this U-turn is not one moment. It is it is a process, and I think we are we're at the moment right at the beginning of the process. Now I think that gold. If you have a look at uh, a chart showing you know gold and real yields, I think that actually based on real yields, um, gold would have to be 
you know, 200 bucks lower. So, so my, my interpretation would be that actually gold is kind of calling bullshit on, 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 on the rate hikes. And, and as we write in the report, you know, everybody kind of wants to believe that uh, central bankers are now really turning turning hawkish, but they're only hawks uh, in, in, in Duff's clothes. So what's what's the right rate? I don't know. I, I just see that this this massive interplay between asset price deflation and consumer price inflation, I think this is really crucial to understand at the moment. But at the moment, um, you know, based on our incrementum inflation signal, uh, we see, um, we clearly see that that probably for for this inflation wave, we've seen the highs. Um, I think that if you have a look at, I don't know, copper being down 22% from March highs, uh, uh, aluminium down 40%, nickel 54%, lumber 60%. Um, if you have a look at energy markets, I mean, of course, there's a big political premium, but still, you know, at 120, um, uh, Brent, you know, failed to take that level out. Um, if you have a look at, 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 at equity sectors, automobiles down 40%, home building down 36%. So we are already seeing um, recession moves in financial markets and those moves are disinflationary per definition. Therefore, I think that inflation numbers will come down over the next couple of weeks. And this will also give central bankers lots of leeway and they can say, well, we we, we, we did a great job. We um, orchestrated a soft landing and everything's going to be fine and we don't have, have to hike that aggressively. But I think it's already too late because you know they they already broke so much. Um, it will be it will be hard to reinflate uh, this this bubble. Uh, just adding a few thoughts. I mean, when it comes to what is the correct correct interest rate, uh, obviously we are leaning to free market economics, and it's very much uh, contrary to our philosophy to to think that anybody can know what the right price is. I mean, just. This uh, has to be said, I think. But if one starts this guessing game, uh, or if one perhaps looks at at, at history, what 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 happened in in previous cycles? Obviously, um, the big example was uh, in in 1980, the, the pivot of of Paul Volcker. Um, what happened there? And I think it's it's probably not so. Um, important what the nominal rate is but i think it's more important what the real rate is right so um if you say six or eight percent or four or six whatever uh, the question is what what is the interest uh, the the inflation rate at that point and currently we have so many moving parts obviously we have this geo uh, political um, problems in, in, in Russia which have severe consequences on, on, on energy markets and commodity markets in, in general which again have consequences on, on on price inflation which then again have consequences on the real rate right so it's 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 this is, is one big question mark how, how will this resolve or how will this go on if if there at some point could be some kind of um, relaxation on that front that obviously would help in terms of real rates if commodity prices 
come down, you could have some kind of um, softer, softer commodity pr prices, and then you have the basis effect. So, so that would actually uh, be similar to 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 a real rate uh, increase if everything else stays the same. Commodity prices fall, and you have the base effect, and then price inflation comes down from I don't know nine percentage points to to six or or even five or four. Then actually, uh, you actually have kind of a rate a real rate hike, even though the Fed, even though the Fed may do nothing more, right? So, so a lot of moving parts on, on, on that front. But I think one thought is, is also important still at this very stage. We are coming from, from decades of, of disinflation, this great moderation. We, we wrote that we think that this, this is ending or has ended actually. And when when this ends and, and, and when this inflationary environment holds on, keeps on for, for longer than perhaps we are now currently or the mainstream is now anticipating, I think um, the problem really could, could become very bad when this uh, inflation expectations get, uh, get anchored on a higher level. So in, in, in this precedence, I actually agree with with the frame uh, of, of framework of of central bankers. They really have to uh, have to make make uh, sure that that this uh, inflation expectations uh, don't don't go up too high. Because the the higher the inflation expectations are for the longer run, the the more difficult the the task of of actually bringing down the inflation gets. So uh, I think this. This point in time is crucial uh, when it comes to trying to save the fiat money system at the end of the day. And I think the Fed is absolutely right that they are doing that they are very hawkish, although one can debate on very hawkish or not, but at least relatively hawkish to compare to all other currencies, big currencies. Um, the question is if they're going to be able to follow through and if they are not um, provoking a, a asset price deflation that is too bad. And this is, this is extremely exciting, this kind of setup. And, and we lean towards uh, the opinion that, that we probably are going to experience further turmoils on, on the asset markets which then again will probably uh, give the Fed a very tough time to actually follow through what they have basically communicating. I'm curious, do, do you think, you know, um, the disinflationary scenario, if the CPI goes from eight and a half back down to 5%, but stays at 5%, that's very different than eight and a half going down to 2%. So if we're in that world where uh, long-term inflation is sort of at 5% and uh, medium-term, long-term inflation expectations, as you say, Mark, are also unanchored. Isn't that such a disaster scenario that you think the Federal Reserve would continue to tighten monetary policy? I, I, I'm a little surprised, uh, to Ronnie, Ronnie, to hear you say that you think the Federal Reserve will relatively uh, you know, pivot so soon, given it, I think in the, the Fed's monetary policy report, it just said that the committee's commitment to re restoring price stability is, price stability is, quote, unconditional. So, Tell, tell us why are you skeptical that the Federal Reserve will follow through both on on rate hikes as well as QT? Well, you know they 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 have already pivoted. I think Dave Rosenberg wrote about that recently um, um, at points where where uh, inflation rates were were significantly above. Two percent. So, so I think for for them, it's 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 not the absolute level. It's it's direction. 
And, you know, from from my point of view, I, I, I think we... Uh, What's important to say is that I think that this this great moderation, as as Mark said, this is basically over. So so our take is basically that that inflation and following inflation and structuring your portfolio based on the topic of inflation will be become much more important going forward. Because let's face it, we've had basically 40 years of, of, of constantly falling inflation rates. No investment professionals uh, at the moment that are active as wealth managers, as fund managers, whatever, really know how to navigate in an inflationary environment. So I think this is really uh, a, a new environment that we're in. And we should not forget, Jack, that that actually this is exactly what, what, what central bankers kept telling us and, and what actually politicians wanted to achieve uh, to, to reduce their debt burden. And if we study history, if we study, for example, um, the, the period after the Second World War where we saw enormous uh, levels of debt, um, you know, financial repression, deeply negative real rates in combination with uh, high growth rates were basically the solution to the debt problem. Now, obviously, compared um, to the to the time after the Second World War, there are now uh, huge differences um, uh, when it comes to growth, when it comes to demographics, when it comes to the financialization of our system. But but I think, you know, if I was a politician, I would be quite happy about um, seeing inflation numbers between, you know, three to six percent over the next couple of years. The problem is that, um, you know, this, um, you know, in theory, it works probably quite quite well but in practice it doesn't and what i experience over here in europe is that we are now really starting to um to 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 have a inflation mindset and i think that inflation still very much is a is a psychological topic now if inflation expectations should really become unanchored and this is the biggest fear of central banks um, then obviously uh, we, we've got a big problem because if we um, all expect inflation numbers to remain high this this affects our uh, behavior as you know as consumers as business owners as investors tremendously now I think what's what's really interesting is um, this, this um, divergence between what what financial markets are seeing. So if you have a look at 10-year break-even inflation rates, uh, you know, they were at above 3% in April. Now they are at 2.5%. So they came down quite quite a lot. If you have a look at five years, five-year inflation expectations, they also came down significantly. But on the other hand, if you have a look at University of Michigan infl inflation expectations, so basically what consumers are expecting, they're at 5.4%, uh, which is the highest since 1981, and they're still rising. So, so I think this, this, um, you know, this, this, this current divergence is really, really interesting to, um, to, to, to follow. Um, and going forward, probably the, 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 the last thing, the last shoot to drop that we would have to see for falling inflation rates would be um, uh, oil prices and energy prices. 
so far, you know, we're still trading at uh, 112 for Brent. Uh, but as I've said, uh, we, we, we couldn't take out the 120. Um, I, I think this is really crucial to, 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 to follow because, um, you know, uh, elections are being won and being lost at the at the gas station and, and probably also in the supermarket. And we all know that there's... Um, midterm elections coming up um so inflation definitely is a very very political issue at the moment but on the other hand i don't think that that joe biden and and the democrats really want to see um uh, the snp down even more and you know baby boomers they're now re retiring having a look at their uh at their investments being down you know 30 percent plus uh 8% inflation on top that's that's a pretty pretty nasty wealth destruction over just a couple of months so um yeah i mean long story short i i think check it's it's for us as 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 uh, you know asset managers and as, as well as writers it's it's a very very uh interesting and stimulating environment however i think um for for the mainstream investors for people that uh you know don't follow markets um uh, uh like we do it's uh, it's a very very dangerous environment i think one can when one can really um measure or, or, or experience which kind of uh, environment environment one is if if one basically listens to, to, to small talk. If people are talking, are people talking about inflation or aren't they, right? And, and then I think people will be still talking about inflation if, we are, if the official inflation rate goes back to five percentage points or, or even four, perhaps financial market participants will already be cheering and saying, hooray, this inflation is going away and everything is going to be normal in a few quarters. But I think the psychologically, uh, psychologically, nothing will, will have changed yet if if prices only continue to rise at four percent after they have risen nine percentage points perhaps last year. I think inflation topics still will be a topic in the general public, and the in inflationary period really only will end once once people stop talking about price inflation. This is, I think, really a uh, a, 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 a rule from from the from real life, n not so much from, from financial markets. I've got an interesting question, which is: Let me take a time. Let me step into my time machine portal, and I'm going to go back to January 2020, when gold was about fifteen hundred dollars, sixteen hundred dollars, and Bitcoin, I believe, was about uh, seven or eight thousand dollars. And I told both of you what happened. There was a huge pandemic. And as a result, uh, governments and central banks printed a lot of money. There was uh, you know, commercial credit bank creation that was forgiven by the government and a ton of money printing. Uh, where would you, if I told you that, where would you have said gold and Bitcoin would have been at this stage? How about Ronnie, you say gold and Mark, you say Bitcoin. <laughs> Obviously, Jack, I would have called it exactly. I mean, it's very easy. <laughs> uh, difficult question. I mean, uh, what, what I can say is uh, basically at that time around, we started our fund strategy, which combines Bitcoin and gold. And so uh, that was, uh, I, I remember very lively still, and it was in February when we started. 
what what we what we did I think see correctly back then since we had very uh, well me- memories of, of of the financial crisis still we knew that this is a real threat in terms of a deflationary event which is now hitting the, the global economy and we also think uh, that uh, a deflationary uh, threat is actually uh, can be crucial and fatal to this debt-based monetary system so so deflation debt deflation is is actually a real threat to this system uh, and 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 with this knowledge we we basically could anticipate that they will throw everything at it to to keep keep this uh, system from imploding and and that gave us the confidence actually to 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 start the fund and and and, and build up the exposure and i remember when 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 bitcoin futures were at 4000 i was i was buying i mean obviously it's if you buy into this falling knife it's it's a weird feeling but 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 still we we incrementally started the exposure because that was just happened to be the time when the fund started um, in in February March uh, 2020. Uh, and we didn't we, 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 we didn't have any fear. I mean, yeah, we, we were excited and everything, but we, 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 we almost were certain that, that this will reverse since they were printing trillions and, and, and the amount has had even doubled and tripled uh, relative to the last financial crisis. And, and we, we, we thought there will be no limits. They will print so much until this until they, they turn these markets around. Uh, so I, I definitely couldn't have told you the the price where Bitcoin is going to be, but we were both so certain that as well Bitcoin and gold would be much higher. Bitcoin turned out to be much higher. In the meantime, it, it fell a little bit, but it's still much much higher than back then. Similar story to gold, actually. Uh, so can give uh, Ronnie the word regarding gold, but uh, would you have known, Ronnie, where gold price would have been? Well, you know, I, I think it's um, in, in back, back to the Future, um, second part, do you, do you remember it? Where where Biff gets this um, sports sports almanac and, and, and he basically knows all the, the sporting results of, of, of the future and then bets on it and, and you know, uh, becomes a, a rich man. Well... <laughs> Actually, uh, we we don't have such a uh, we we don't have a DeLorean uh, a time machine, unfortunately. Uh, but but I think what what we know and understand quite well is is financial markets history, and and therefore for us, I think it was uh, not a big surprise that central banks would step in very very aggressively, and this time around it wasn't just um, central bank policy, it was also massive fiscal stimulus. I think that was the the big change compared to 2008, 2009. And I think it wasn't, uh, you know, in 2008, 2009, I think, you know, the system or markets were um, not really well prepared to such a to such a crisis, um, and there were too few firefighters, and and they came too late, and you know um, there were so many measures being taken by central banks, but it took ages. Now I think we we haven't seen a 
a lack of firefighters in 2020. Actually, they did uh, probably way too much, and and then they were lazy taking back their uh, their measures. And 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 we wrote a, a special report on on inflation in in fall. Uh, 2020, it was called The Boy Who Cried Wolf, where we expected price inflation to surge. However, when it comes to, to the price of gold, I would be a liar if, if I would tell you, Jack, well, um, I, I at the beginning of 2020, when gold was trading at, uh, I think, 15, 1500, 1550, we started into into the year. Uh, and you would tell me what's, uh, what's going to happen. I would be a liar if, if I would have told you, well, uh, I think 1800, that's that's going to be the price level. But still, I think, you know, Mark, uh, people kind of, it, it, it's all about managing expectations. And, and I think that that gold actually kind of did a, not a tremendous job, but it did okay, um, especially in these very, very volatile uh, uh, weeks of 2020 in, in, in spring. I think gold stabilized your portfolio. Gold did really well um, uh, in an environment of, of, of negative real rates. I think gold anticipated um, a rising inflation very early on. Um, and it also did a a good job in 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 2022. Uh, I mean, we 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 have to say that we almost did hit new all-time highs in U.S. dollar terms in spring. We did hit um, several new all-time highs in euro terms. And have a look at the price of gold uh, in Japanese yen terms. And we always say that the the our friends in Japan they're a couple of steps further. Um, and you know what's going on there, and we've got a a big trade set up based on this uh, monetary madness going on. Um, I think it's no coincidence that uh, that that the Japanese yen is so weak, and that gold actually in Japanese yen terms is up almost twenty percent. So, so I think gold did okay, but still, to be honest, I would have expected a little bit more. And would you say if there might be a reason as to why it didn't perform as well as you would have thought, and again, of course, this is all hypothetical, would it have been that the economic recovery was very robust, so we were in more of a reflationary environment than a stagflationary environment, or am, am I sort of reaching? Well, I think that's that that's definitely a, a topic. I think we should not forget that last year the S&P was hitting, I think, 68 new all-time highs. Um, I think that Bitcoin kind of stole the show from, from, from gold last year. I think it's a bit exaggerated that um, it's stealing too much uh, um, um, investment flows from 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 gold. I think it's mostly media kind of appearance stuff like that. Um, and then we shouldn't forget that you know the the 2019 and 2020 performance was really good. Gold was up uh, 19% in 2019. It was up 25% in 2020. So last year in dollar terms it was down 3.5%, which is okay. I mean it's 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 been taking a breather. Um, and and I think people tend to forget that we are in a brutal bull market for the US dollar that works like like kind of a wrecking ball for for markets all over uh, for for risk assets for uh, for emerging markets uh, obviously so 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 at some point 
Um, obviously, this this will change. Probably, this will go hand in hand with the point when when Jay Powell has to pivot. Um, but but it hasn't been uh, recently, especially in 2021. It hasn't been such a great uh, 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 environment to some degree. But but let's talk about the future. I think if you have a close look at the commitment of traders report, this is a fantastic setup. And I think that as I've said before, having a look at real yields, I think that that gold um, based on, on real yields, which, which explain quite a lot uh, uh, of the gold price development, it actually should have should, should been significantly lower. And the fact that it's holding up so well even in dollar terms, um, I think that's that's that's. I would interpret it as a sign of strength. Right. You see, you're the, the, um, just want to clarify a few points. The first is when a lot of people who view this, who like me, are American, they think, "Oh, gold, it's been all right year to date." But you're saying, priced in yen, priced in euro, gold has you know been an extraordinary performer because those currencies have been weak against gold as well as against the dollar. Gold relative to the dollar has been roughly flat this year, which doesn't sound great, but you know people should keep in yeah. mind that the S and P 500 is down 20%. Long duration Treasury bonds are down 30%, maybe a little bit more. And then of course the 60/40 portfolio, where 60% stocks is supposed to be helped by 40% bonds, those have gone down together. So it's been you know one of the worst years for the 60/40 yeah. uh, portfolios. Uh, Ronnie, I want to bring you in, into this conversation. What? Uh, what do, in what environment do you think uh, Bitcoin performs especially well? Is it one of sort of suppressed real yields, or or is it uh, you know, and is it different than things that may, that are that are good for for gold? Yeah, I think what one can observe when it comes to Bitcoin, <laughs> it has become obviously in terms of market caps more and more bigger. I mean, over the years, not this year, but uh, so it, it has become a, a little bit of a a macro play, maybe a, a stretch, but you know, it, it is part, partly at least uh, in the universe of institutional players. And 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 once it enters this sphere, it, I think it gets um, more more exposure to to other macro factors, right? So when you think about Bitcoin, when it was in in the early stage, when it had I don't know the first two bull markets, the market cap I think was perhaps first one fifty million or so, second bull market was perhaps uh, three hundred million or so, and half a half a. Uh, half a trillion. Uh, I think we only reached a trillion uh, in 2017, barely, uh, not even, not sure. And 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 we are we are back below a trillion now. Uh, so, so it, it has become significantly uh, larger every time, and and that's why it's more and more. I think real rates are more and more relevant to 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 Bitcoin over the years. One could make the argument that the end of the last bull market 2017 when we remember back we were in this hiking process that this also was part of the the reason why why the bull market ended although if one looks at the bull market and is really honest it, it has it, it became very uh, enthusiastic and 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 then bubblish i would say so so it went ahead of itself i think uh, but still the rising interest rates probably could could have brought it to an end and i'm pretty i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure that this time around uh, that was definitely uh, a case because i think the high was in november 21 
and that was actually uh, pretty much the time where <clears throat> the Fed started at least verbally their normalization process when they retired the word temporary uh, i think that was exactly in, in in november 21 when they were talking not longer talking about temporary inflation rates which was the first signal to the market that they perhaps will, will raise interest rates so so that coincides pretty well with with the high point uh so yeah, I, I, I think real rates do play uh, play a role. But what I also think is in, in, in both cases, actually, uh, although we have seen pretty negative correlation lately between gold and Bitcoin, but in the longer term, I still think uh, that uh, inflation expectations um, are, are very important for both assets and, and longer term inflation expectations haven't gone up very much or they've been coming down again so so that's uh, I think definitely part of the reason when it comes to gold also why this lackluster performance has taken place and, and if, if these inflation expectations would rise again uh, I think I think Bitcoin has a good chance to to profit also from that. That's only one factor. That's surely not the determining factor. Um, but, uh, but, but, but generally, obviously speaking, I, I think an inflationary environment and negative real rates are um, a tailwind for Bitcoin. Today's episode is brought to you by Bit.com, a leading cryptocurrency trading platform. From spot to futures to options trading and more, Bit.com has it all. So whether you're a seasoned investor or you're new to the game, you need to be on Bit.com. Bit.com has launched a zero taker fee option campaign until May 10th. To enroll, email VIP at Bit.com. That's Bit spelled B-I-T. So email VIP at Bit.com and tell them I sent you. And Mark, might I ask, I know you've done a lot of in-depth technical work on Bitcoin, on, on the cycles, on liquidity. Uh, what is your outlook over the next three to six months? And, and when do you think a new bull market could be here? Or, or is it too early to say that, you know, based on the very, very rudimentary analysis I've done, I know that, you know, the, bull, the last bear market lasted about a year. So, you know, how long are we halfway into a bear market? Uh, how are you sort of thinking about, you know, the next six months? I mean, I think even though now <laughs> lately he has not been uh, given so much credit, Plan B, uh, Plan B's model, I think still has has value. Uh, maybe he personally became a little bit too bullish and uh, at the end of the bull market uh, last last time around. Um, but but if you just look at what the model said, um, and when it comes to the cycle, um, I think the timing was actually quite quite well again. And and the high point, perhaps the model suggested the high point being a little bit higher. But but just when it comes to the the, the timing of, of 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 the high, one could I think make the argument that that this model still is is very much in in play right now. And if if one takes that as as, as some kind of a starting point, this bear market again is is moving along the lines as 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 the last bear mark, markets. 
Um, and I think according to, to the model, at least according to the last two cycles, halving cycles, we would we would have seen, we would be seeing basically, if we see some kind of a repeat again, a low point in, in November. So so that's that, that's one rough indication which one could, I think, have in mind. Obviously, probably will not be November exactly, but just, just roughly in, right. in, in, in fall. I think that that could, could make sense. Uh, and also, I think just when one looks at general sentiment um, indicators or anecdotal evidence, I think we, we saw a lot of crypto projects, which, which obviously also, again, were, were, were too enthusiastic and there were actually no, no, no significant value could be made. And this, these are exposed now. So, so this, this crypto cycle and Bitcoin cycle is, 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 is very rough. Uh, but it's also very fast, so the cleansing uh, goes through pretty pretty fast. It's probably too short to to call to call the bear market uh, ending already now. I would say just from 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 from, from the, the duration of the bear market, we probably need a little bit more. I don't know pain, but at least more lack of interest, where where everybody really uh, only the hardcore bulls remain. So uh, and perhaps one also needs an, a, a real supercapitulation. I think we didn't see that yet. I'm not calling for one. It could also just like end in kind of non-interest uh, this this bear market. But it, it, there could also be obviously a final sell-off, which which we haven't seen yet. I think. So so I think both of these thoughts will point would point to to not the super recovery very short term um, but uh, obviously if, if you have the other point which we have talked about which would be kind of the the pivoting of the monetary policy uh, and perhaps a sell-off before that, that that could be a really nice setup for, for, for reversal and perhaps the next bull market in the second half of this year. Right, market and if I Thanks for that. I, I think it's uh, very prudent to definitely you know not call a bottom in, in any asset. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. Mark, my, my question is just to, to get a little bit more specifics. Is there a certain level on Bitcoin in terms of price in, in dollars or euros or time, you said November, or something else that you would see as a very clear capitulation buying signal, such as the sign that you saw in March 2020? Yeah, when it comes to price levels, I do watch some some levels, uh, and this is also only a very, uh, say, very simplistic rule, which which uh, I came up. Probably others also think similarly, but I think one way to basically um, manage this exponential. Uh, performance going up and down is is not not thinking so much in in, in percentage terms but like in how, how often the price has doubled and when it goes down how, how often it halved so not to be confused with the bitcoin halving just the halving of the price right yes. and when we uh, when we when we saw 69000 roughly at the high We've 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 been coming down for we we halved once uh, then we would be some somewhere in the mid thirties after one halving price halving 
Um, the, the second halving would be between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, and 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 then the question is, if we look at the the previous bear markets, we had two two uh, th three and maximum four halvings almost. So the first one I think was four halving, and then it became less and less. And 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 I think if if we have two price halvings, I think that's that's quite a severe bear market at this point of uh, at this stage so that translates to price levels very roughly obviously this is only very roughly uh, but just to have some kind of a uh, uh, framework um, uh, this would be prices between 15k and 20k so so not so much lower actually i would doubt uh, that it goes to a third halving so i would doubt that we see uh prices sub 10k i, I, I don't think so everything is possibly obviously obviously but um but uh, but uh, as i said when it I, I think that's also the level you know when when people really have some kind of capit capital capitulated if if you have like if you're coming from 40000 and and now say the price is uh, 17,000, 15,000, you, you, you barely don't even care if it goes down below 10,000 or, or not. But, but that would be another, that would be significant. It would be another halving, right? If you have 18,000 and go down to 9,000, that's another minus 50%. Uh, and, and people, I think, don't, don't think like that when, when they're really so deep in, in, in the red and, and they have kind of capitu capitulated. Uh, so I'd say 15,000 15, I'd definitely buy, between 20 and 50 I'd buy. If I may add, Jack, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's crucial to say and that's, that actually, you know, that's, that's our approach. Um, we actually enjoy the volatility of, of, of Bitcoin as we are, we are basically harvesting the volatility of Bitcoin via our, our option strategy and we are uh, rebalancing within our funds. So it is not a stubborn uh, long-only strategy where we say, well, Bitcoin will go to the moon and, 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 and that's it. Um, I think we've got a slightly different approach to, to many, many people in this industry. I think when it comes to to Bitcoin itself and also to gold. Um, uh, I, I, you know, we discovered Bitcoin in 2012 or 2013 through our, uh, through our, you know, um, knowledge about gold and and in, you know contacts in the libertarian scene. And and for us, uh, it it took a while to really understand it. But but then I think we uh, we we realized that that it is actually there's many similarities between gold and Bitcoin. And the most important one, obviously, is the stock to flow ratio. So uh, you can trust based on uh, 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 geology that um, the 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 supply of gold will not you know uh, double over the next couple of weeks, month, whatever. Um, so, so gold is limited by, by geological 
um, uh, restrictions. It is just much, much harder and more expensive to mine gold. Uh, and on the other hand, you've got a very similar thing when it comes to Bitcoin. And we, 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 we know that at the moment, the stock to flow ratio, or let's say the, the inflation rate of Bitcoin and of gold is basically at the same level, 1.6%. And with the next halving, Bitcoin will be a harder currency than, than gold. Now, now, we think that, you know, if we had, um, uh, you know, if we had sound money, actually, there wouldn't be any case for holding gold or for holding Bitcoin. Uh, probably this Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever it was, if we had sound money, then then probably nobody would know who Satoshi is, and there wouldn't be any Bitcoin. But but I think from 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 it is crystal clear that um, as a some sort of a a hedge as a monetary insurance policy. I think both totally make sense. I think that when, when it comes to price, it's or, or let's say when it comes to the future of Bitcoin, um, usually there's three things that 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 really are essential. It's it's volatility, it's price, and the correlation to other assets. Um, in the case of Bitcoin, I think we should not forget the fourth parameter, which is the adoption rate. And I think the adoption rate is still very, very solid. I, 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 I see that uh, the whole Bitcoin ecosystem is growing. I see that um, Bitcoin is is attracting so much capital, but but so much human resources. I think this is this is really important that it 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 it, it actually behaves like a how do you say like a magnet for for young ambitious talent uh, going into this sector? And and I have to say, you know, if 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 we attend conferences, um, the smartest and and also you know the most ambitious, hardworking, also the craziest guys, obviously we meet at Bitcoin conferences. Uh, so 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 therefore, I think you know we regard it as rather binary. So in ten years from now, Bitcoin can either be worth zero or it will be worth a million or even more. But I think if this adoption progresses like it does at the moment, I think the scenario that Bitcoin will will be at zero in 10 years is becoming much more less less likely. So 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 therefore I think that 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 makes us pretty confident going forward. And you know, when it comes to to the sentiment, uh, you know, in newspapers and also um, people that that actually hate Bitcoin, because for some reason everybody has to have an opinion on gold and also on Bitcoin. Um, it's it's a bit different to you know convertible bonds or um, I don't know ten uh, uh, year treasuries. Nobody cares about them, but when it comes to gold and Bitcoin, everybody has to say something, and it's either very very positive. So those are the the gold bucks or the you know um, the Bitcoin maximalists, hodlers, whatever. Or there's uh, the haters camp. Yeah, there's nothing in between for some reason. Um, but I think the um, over the last couple of, of, of weeks, we saw that the sentiment in the in the space is already very, very negative. So, so therefore, I would say that we're closer to the bottom. Right. So, yeah, Bitcoin and gold are fundamentally similar in that they're forms of hard money, but they can trade very, very differently, as we've seen over the past two years. They diverged in August of 2020 when Bitcoin you know, continued on its bull run when gold sort of faltered. 
And likewise, over the past eight months, Bitcoin has entered a bear market where gold has done uh, well relative to to other assets. So I forgot about the fact that your fund uh, and incrementum, you know, you rebalance. I can imagine that that has been very helpful because people who've been 100% long gold or 100% long Bitcoin, they've at some point they've they've suffered. And so I definitely can get the uh, the advantage of, of rebalancing. So Ronnie, it sounds like uh, you know you and Mark are very long term bullish on, on Bitcoin, but short term there's still a little bit of a shakeout happening. What about gold? I get the sense, Ronnie, that on gold you're bullish—not long-term bullish. You're you're bullish now. You're sort of ring the bell for for gold right now. Uh, am am I right about that? And sort of like, what's your outlook over the next six months? And and please feel free to draw in whatever, whether it's the central banks, it's it's money printing, or it's um you know uh, uh the Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Well, I think you know I'm 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 short term. I I I think that it's 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 a healthy risk reward ratio. And long term, I've I don't I really don't like the term gold buck. Um, I think it's 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 just an 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 appreciation of monetary history that we have an understanding of monetary history, and I just don't see that our monetary history, uh, our monetary system will go go down. In deflation, uh, it has always been inflation, and 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 and, you know, us being from Austria, where we had the hyperinflation, and then Germany followed with with their uh, Weimar uh, uh, hyperinflation. I think this is still um, in our, as I've once said, in our monetary DNA. So, you know, let, let's face it: if 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 the the case for gold. And for Bitcoin basically stops, that would mean that we, we've got sound money, that, uh, you know, we've got uh, healthy interest rates, that, you know, the, the debt situation isn't a problem at all, that we've got a free uh, capitalist system. Well, well, actually, that's that's totally fine. Um, we we're not married to 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 gold or uh, to Bitcoin, just just to our wives, and, and so um, I think at some point probably we will say, well, let's let's lower our gold uh, uh, allocation. But I think we are we are not at this stage yet, and we we had a a great interview with uh, Fofoa, which is kind of a, a mysterious legendary blogger um, who has really. It's it's a very interesting blog, and and he's he calls gold a, a singularity hedge, and 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 he says, well, actually, you only need one revaluation of gold in your lifetime, and and actually, Jack, I'm not sure to be honest if the euro will be around in five or ten years. I'm a slightly more sure about the U.S. dollar, but but actually. For both currencies, I just don't see that the purchasing power measured in various goods will increase significantly. Now, I believe that gold is doing its job pretty well to protect your purchasing power. We've got this famous gold-beer ratio where we um, show the purchasing power of one ounce of gold at the Munich Oktoberfest, where you see inflation rates being significantly higher than official inflation rates. And actually, you know, we haven't had a, 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 a Oktoberfest in Munich for two years. And actually, the, the, the price of one, one Mars, which is one, one liter um, uh, beer at the Oktoberfest, I think it's, it's up uh, 19%. So, so one liter is roughly 14 euros. So actually, in gold, it has 
the purchasing power is is pretty stable. And I think this is really the job of gold, protecting your purchasing power, protecting your hard-earned money. And, 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 and this is, from my point of view, that this is really crucial to understand. Then obviously you can also, you know, trade around gold. You can invest in, in mining stocks uh, uh, and so on. This is what I would call more of a, performance gold compared to um, insurance or, or, or safety gold. But I think going forward with, uh, you know, the whole de-dollarization going on with the huge turmoil that, that we are seeing now uh, in terms of, of, of geopolitics, I think that the world will going forward, it will need um, an internationally recognized anchor of trust. And I think, you know, gold is neutral. Gold doesn't have any counterparty risk. And it is actually one of the most liquid assets worldwide. It traded uh, 150 US, 150 billion US dollars on a daily basis last year. So it's extremely liquid. So, so I think at some point um, where we, we really see that the, you know, the, 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 the world is breaking into um, at least two different blocks. I think that the role of gold as a, um, a m in this monetary multipolarity will will increase significantly, and and I think what's what's really gonna be moving the needle will be investors' demand. Check. So 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 I think that um, you know now we've, we're we're close to the second to the end of the second quarter. I talked to many private bankers and. The first quarter was a disaster. So their balanced portfolios were down like between eight to 12%. Second quarter, even worse. Uh, I, I think Jim Reed uh, just came out saying that we're experiencing in, in global or in US bond markets. It's the worst, um, uh, the worst start into the year or the worst performance year to date since 1788. So, so, then you get, you know, second quarter being down significantly. Now, what are asset managers going to do after, you know, 25, 30 percent uh, 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 negative performance plus inflation? I think that many will rediscover gold. Um, and it used to be like, well, you know, we recommend our clients holding one to two percent gold in their portfolios, which is absolutely nonsense. It doesn't really move the needle, and 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 you don't have to have fifty percent gold. But I think that you know, ten fifteen percent will become, and this is also a process. This will kind of become standard. So gold is 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 moving or is becoming from a let's say more of a satellite investment it's going into the core like it was in the 1970s so um i think therefore i'm that makes me pretty confident timing wise as i've mentioned the commitment of traders report is is really exciting so so that's a very very strong foundation and let's face it we're not so far away from 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 all time highs also in us dollar terms so as soon as the dollar should start to weaken which is going to happen at some point um, then i think you know if we tackle new all time highs then basically the sky is the limit and what's very important um, on an inflation adjusted basis if you compare it to 1980 gold is still really really inexpensive so it's 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 not a um 
it's it's not an expensive price level that we're talking about at the moment. And Ronnie, when you say you look at the commitment of traders data and you like what you see, is that because a lot of people are buying it or people aren't buying it? So it's a counter trend signal. Well, it's 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 basically you're seeing that small small speculators, um, which is I don't know. It's 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 basically the the the, the retail uh, uh, investors primarily. Um, they have thrown in the towel. On the other hand, um, commercials have significantly reduced their short positions and um, increased their long positions. So, from my point of view, the commitment of traders report is. It is not really, um, it's not a timing indicator, but it, right. it tells you where we are roughly in this cycle. So uh, it basically tells you, well, um, the dinner is already prepared, but nobody said, well, um, come to the table, dinner is served. So so at some point, you know, um, we will get there. And and as we've said uh, previously, I think this will go hand in hand with this Fed pivot that, that will happen. At some point, Ronnie. Uh, so dinner is served. So gold investors sounds like they will have a nice feast uh, if the Federal Reserve pivots. If the Federal Reserve doesn't pivot, or rather, if they don't pivot, what we would consider soon, if they get to four percent and then stay at four percent for a while and then gradually cut later, and they do hike monetary policy, they do hike rates. What's your outlook on on gold then? If if the Fed does sort of you know increase the short term rate a lot. To four percent. Well, that that's obviously not a, a, a super bullish uh, uh, environment that, that that we would be in. Um, and and I I, I I I wouldn't expect gold to go to go higher uh, sideways at best or, or or probably lower. But I think we also have to ask ourselves what this would mean for the rest of the market, what it would mean for bond markets, what it would mean for, for equity markets, real estate. I mean, um, I think that, um, as I've said previously, uh, I think we, we are already in a recession. Um, um, we expect the ISM to, to go below 50 uh, over the course of the summer, so July or, or, or August probably. The so, US and, and only with the United States or Europe or US? Yeah, 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 for for the United States, and then, and obviously, you know, having a look at what's going on over in Europe, I, I don't think that we're doing so much better, um, uh, and therefore, you know, I I just replied to a tweet from a from an economist uh, um, from a big big international bank over here in Europe and 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 he said well you know uh, a recession is not our base case uh, but still uh for 2023 recessionary risks have increased a bit uh, from my point of view that's you know uh, you know that that that's like saying that Austria i don't know when will win the, the the world cup in soccer it's 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 just you know it's not not going to happen we are in a recession um jack i think it's important to say that before 2020 i think we saw the longest expansion um for the us economy in the history uh, of the United States. And then we saw this very, very brief um, COVID recession that was basically papered over by uh, enormous amounts of fiscal stimulus and, and monetary stimulus. So so we actually, we weren't really able to, to, um, to, 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 to see 
the um, to liquidation that normally happens over the course of a recession. Uh, we haven't seen any uh, uh, any major bankruptcies uh, yeah. uh, over the last the last couple of quarters. Um, so so we've been in this uh, la la land uh, uh, for quite a while. Um, but I think at some point the recession is going to hit the market. Uh, I think there's lots of um you know malinvestments that will have to be liquidated uh and we know that that central banks won't say well you know let's uh, let the recession cleanse everything out and 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 um uh start a, some sort of an austrian laissez faire approach but i think you know from from our point and this is really crucial for us a recession isn't something um that we would fear it is something that Obviously, changes and improves the capital structure. It is, uh, it means uh, uh, losses for 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 many people. It means higher unemployment, uh, absolutely. But I think it's it's important for an economic cycle. And you know, central banks try to um, destroy the cycle by by keeping us on a on a constant level. Um, but that's that's just not healthy. Like for 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 every human being, uh, if the temperature is is kept at I don't know 22, 23 percent all the time, um, you will struggle um, once it's colder or once it's hotter, uh, and you will have to put in enormous amounts of energy to keep it at a stable temperature. So, yeah, therefore, long story short, um, if we continue um, uh, raising rates, then obviously it's not a super bullish environment for gold, but I think it's even worse for, for, for other asset classes. And we haven't seen any major disruptions in real estate yet. And we haven't seen anything in private equity yet, and I think this is really what's gonna, um, what 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 we can look forward to over the next couple of months. Um, that's that's gonna be interesting. What's gonna happen in in more illiquid uh, spaces of the market? Yeah, if if rates if we get to four percent, I would be very surprised if S and P five hundred did better than gold. It could not happen. Anything yeah. can happen. Uh, I want to ask you. Where do you think, at what point do you think the Federal Reserve will pivot? Because um, right now I'm just looking at the forward interest rate futures curve. And by October of 2022, October, so in you know only a few months, the Fed funds rate is projected by the market to be about 3.1%. Uh, do you think it, it it gets there? And do you think like a, a pivot happens before that? Because you know that, that means a recession would have to happen pretty quickly. Well, I think... <clears throat> What we what you could watch is uh, the asset markets. Uh, I'd watch um, the VIX index. I'd watch the levels of um, general stock markets, and I would very closely watch um, credit spreads. So, uh, if as long as these indices or measures don't don't go out to rather extreme levels. I think uh, the Fed will stick to their guns and they will they will raise because uh, they are serious. They they know the predicament and they know they have to act now. And I think they are actually also um, regaining some some credibility at least on a relative basis. I mean the euro eurozone really is looking ridiculous 
uh, versus the, <laughs> the Fed so or the, versus the dollar. So in terms of financing also, uh, if, if, if one thinks about uh, uh, the reserve status of, of the US when it comes to the Western world, the, obviously um, the, the US is uh, the go-to currency and, and will, will stay the go-to currency since they've been able to hike and and I think that's also an advantage which they have in mind but but as I said when it comes to these measures uh, VIX general stock market levels and, and credit spreads when things get 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 too uh, too dicey uh, they I think they will, will will hit the pause button at least. And if things get even more dicey, they they will they will re- reverse. I, I wouldn't give any uh, credibility to 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 words like unconditional. I mean, we we saw this movie. Uh, we 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 heard it. Uh, they were will be watching it like paint gets dry. Or what did they say last time? And and when the minute uh, things were were bad, they they, they they pivoted, and and this will happen again. I'm I'm, I'm sure about that. Uh, but 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 for now, as long as the pain is bearable, they will continue to raise. Right, Mark. Does that change? I'm sure that if inflation moderates, I'm sure you're right. But what if inflation stays stubbornly high at six or seven percent? Does that increase? That does that mean that there has to be more pain than there was in 2018? Yeah, the, the, yeah it probably means that. So the dilemma is is even bigger when when the inflation is higher. Um, but but when push comes to shove, um, they they will probably they will have to save basically not only the, the financial markets, but this time they actually what they are actually saving is is the the the, the state. So so we you don't you don't you have to keep the state the federal level in that sense. Um, able to refinance the debt, you know. So uh, if 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 they provoke a too too big a big of a recession, I mean, one one should keep in mind that um, the <coughs> um, tax receipts correlate one to one to the nominal GDP. So if if, if nominal nominal GDP uh, shrinks. Uh, then, then obviously the income of 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 the states and also the federal level uh, shrinks as well, and, and and I think that's the the, the real predicament they are in because if they raise the, the the interest rates, not not only do they tighten the 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 financial conditions for for refinancing the huge amount of debt, but also by throwing the the economy into a, a recession, uh, the <clears throat> the tax receipts fall massively fall. Uh, and, and I think hereby lies the real problem this time around, not so much perhaps in the first point of view, the, the financial markets, uh, but, but the, the solvency of, uh, of the federal level. And uh, yeah, if push comes to shove, they, they will have to save it clearly. It's clearly to me they, they will not provoke a, a, a bankruptcy or any kind of default. Uh, and, and therefore, when push comes to shove, they, they, they will reverse the policy and they will, will keep uh, enabling these kind of um, debt policies. Just to add one number, I think Luke Roman tweeted that out. Um, U.S. federal tax receipts in May down 16%. So, yeah, I mean, that, that screams recession already and, 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 and yeah. I, I, I was I was shocked when I saw that number, and I don't expect June to be significantly better. Yeah, well, 
I, I think also Luke has pointed out that uh, Social Security and a lot of benefits programs are tied to inflation. So really, one, you could argue that the most expensive thing for the government, for the U.S., is to have high inflation. So, so it, it's interesting. But uh, Mark, I've got a final question for you, and then I'll give the last word to you, Ronnie. Uh, Mark, how severe of a, th- of a risk or threat would you say is holding cryptocurrency or Bitcoin not in a, in a cold storage, but holding it on an exchange or holding it on a platform where you're lending it out to a third party. You know, we've seen some platforms uh, reduce withdrawals and it's essentially like, you know, everyone thinks of, you know, everyone looks at Bitcoin as it's, it's monetary autonomy, but then you're essentially tying it at a, at a company that's like a bank, but they don't, you don't even have FDIC insurance. So yeah, do you have a comment on how people should be thinking about the risks of holding things on exchanges in on hot hot wallets rather than cold wallets. Yeah, definitely on a cold wallet. Sure, uh, I mean you can trade it uh, on 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 an account, but but then you have to know what your risk is. So keep your Bitcoin on a cold wallet. I think that's a very short answer. Um, yeah, <laughs> nothing more to say. <laughs> there we go. All right, Ronnie, can you can you tie a nice bow on this conversation for us? Uh, tell us where are we in monetary climate change, stagflation, and, and just your outlook on, on hard assets. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we we wrote roughly 400 pages about that. So so if you need some good reading material for for your summer vacation, feel free to to have a look at the 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 extended version of the Ingold Trust Report. Um, I, I I think it's you know from from a macro perspective, it's a it's a super interesting environment however we we should not forget that um you know we we are talking now about very um sophisticated and superficial topics but on the other hand inflation is a very very um yeah how should i put it um a nasty text and especially for for the poorest so 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 i think you know this this environment that we are currently experiencing this will obviously have a big impact on uh, on election results. It will have a, a big impact on politics. I think you know uh, we are already uh, quite divided and 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 a, and a very polarized society. And this is further increased uh, by by inflation now being at uh, at, at these levels. Um, so so I think we should not forget about the, the social consequences of the environment that we're in. And we should not forget there's many, many people and families uh, at the moment out there who really have a very, very hard time making making ends meet. Um, when it comes to the to the big picture, I, I, I think that, you know, um, if if we study the the rescue packages of of central banks, I mean it's obvious that uh, every round of quantitative easing became bigger and more aggressive and quantitative tightening. Well, well, actually, you know, um, it didn't really turn out that well. And and I think over the course of the the Federal Reserve, there were four or five episodes of um, where where they tried to reduce uh, uh, the size of their balance sheets and basically all of them ended uh, in a recession. So so I think it would be naive to think that they will not step in uh, uh, for another round. However, it is clear that the toolbox of central bankers is, is quite empty these days. Um, so 
you know, uh, going to negative rates uh, in the US, I really don't see it. Doing more QE, yeah, probably doing um, QQE like the Japanese do it and, and, and buy equities. Um, also, like the Swiss National Bank is doing it, yeah, why not? But but I think that, and that's that's basically uh, our our friend Russell Napier did lots of work on that. Um, I think we should expect much more financial repression. So 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 money will be funneled into directions where it normally would never go to. Um, I think we will see much more uh, capital restrictions, more financial repression, more, um, you know, uh, government interventions. Uh, and then, you know, at some point we will end up in an environment where we say, well, um, you know, is, is, is this still um, a capitalist system? Um, pr probably not. So, um, you know, I, th I, I think I will reread Atlas Shrugged uh, uh, over the summer and, and, and uh, I've, I've, it had a big impact on me. I, I really enjoyed reading it a couple of years ago and I think it's, it's quite frightening reading it uh, uh, today probably. But um, yeah, so, so this is kind of the way, the way forward. And I think what's what's really crucial is um, you have to be very very active as an investor in this environment. Um, I think the times, you know, what were the big trends over the last couple of of, of years? It was obviously ESG. Um, it was uh, risk parity and and it it was passive investments. Yeah. So so everybody said, well, we don't need active managers anymore. And I think the the environment that we are in today clearly shows that. Active management, uh, 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 yeah, uh, has a strong use case, and you know, uh, with, with our fund, uh, with the inflation fund, we 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 are up seventy uh, percent year to date. I think our combinations of gold one, one, one seven. 17, one seven, yeah. One seven, yeah. Um, um, uh, obviously, our our uh, strategies that combine gold with uh, with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general, they have suffered, but 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 they are doing very well. And 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 I mean, the most important thing for us is that that our that our clients, our investors, are are, are super happy about uh, you know our performance. Um, so therefore, I think you know it's it's gonna be challenging. But I always make this. Uh, I, I people hate me for making sports analogies, um, but I think it's 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 like with with skiing. You know, Austrians. You know, are are that's basically the only sport that we're good at. And 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 you know, if the weather is fine and if if you've got fresh powder and you know the slopes are empty, everybody is a good skier, even even the Dutch. Um, but you know, if it's if it's icy, if it's foggy. Um, then you really can tell uh, if that person is a good skier or not. And I think, you know, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, uh, it was pretty easy to, to make uh, a decent performance in, in markets because basically every, everything was rising over the course of this uh, everything bubble. But now over the next couple of years, we'll really see who's a good asset manager and who's not. And so for us, that's, you know, the challenge that, that we are facing, the challenge that we're accepting, and, and we truly look forward to that challenge. Well, Ronnie, a true Austrian, as soon as you started talking about skiing, I thought I knew which metaphor you would go with, but you, you had another one. So you have multiple <laughs> skiing analogies. 
Uh, I've got a lot more questions, but we'll have to leave it there. Uh, Ronnie, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, thank you for watching. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. You should definitely should follow both of these gentlemen on Twitter. Uh, Ronnie can be found at Ron Steffela, and uh, Mark can be found at Mark Valak. Gentlemen, thanks so much. Tech, thank you very much for the invitation. All the best and talk soon. Been a pleasure. Take care. There is something that you need to be doing right now, and that is reading the BlockWorks daily newsletter. For top market insights and the latest in crypto news, you have to subscribe to the BlockWorks daily newsletter, and you can do so by clicking on the link in the description to this video or by visiting blockworks.co forward slash newsletter.